0: Going to sow this morning into our lives and our future. And the, the uh, subject matter is about joy. I believe that if there is one thing that is essential in our lives and that we need more of, that is joy. And so the thought is a revival of joy. We talk about revival, you know, the aspects of revival, but uh, today just I want to uh, uh, approach the subject of the revival of joy. We'll look at that this morning by God's grace and uh, uh, understanding that, that, you know what I mean, we're just starting. Okay, so we'll have this passage of the scriptures up there for us. This is a divine invitation that the prophet gives with regard to God. Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy. Come, buy and eat. Yes? Come by wine and milk without money and without price so you'll notice that there you know what I mean the wine and milk both of those have a different you know, perspective and, and reason for you know part of uh, this thing that God's invited us to why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy listen carefully to me And eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Really what he's saying, you know what I mean? He's trying to get us away from junk food. All right? Amen. He's trying to get us away from junk food for our spiritual life, you know, into that which really has that nourishing effect. Uh, Amen. Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul shall live, and that's what we're talking about, you know what I mean, is your soul life, and while it is an independent thing from the standpoint of your body and spirit, yet is uniquely connected and has a great impact upon both of those two worlds, and obviously the spirit world having the the greatest impact upon the soul and the body. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David, we will not, can't discuss all those things, but, uh, you know, for your own study, you can look at that. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance, everybody, say Joy. In your name they rejoice all day long, and in your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and in your favor our horn is exalted. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters. From the wells of salvation. On that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Thank you for the reading. Father, we love you. We bless you, Holy Spirit. We're grateful for Jesus Christ. Help this vessel. Help our hearts. Help our hearing. Help our speech. God, we pray in Jesus' name. I've entitled it A Bucket Called Joy. A Bucket Called Joy. For with joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. Would you take a picture, not of going to your faucet and turning it down, but the setting that would have been? present at the writing of these scriptures and even in christ's day and there was a well and on that well there was a rope and hopefully at the end of the rope there was a bucket for the purpose of drawing up what was in the well amen praise god And so we might ask the question this morning, are you coming up dry when you draw from the wells? You will notice that the passage of Scripture says, with joy you shall draw water from the wells, meaning plural, the wells of Sal. I'm sure you're acquainted and would agree with me this morning that life can be a long journey. Sometimes it is across lands that may surprise you. They're unknown. You can encounter perils. Sometimes there's distress Valleys, mountains, deserts. At the same time, there are oases along the, the way. Let me read something for you this morning, not written by me, but I believe it helps to lay. Life can squeeze out your joy. Like an exhausted slice of lime or lemon, there's nothing left. You have flavored the life of others by giving to them, but now nothing remains for you. Your joy is gone. You need a revival of joy. Maybe you are battling health issues or financial woes. The pressure has gotten the best of you. Like the crushing of grapes and the preparation of wine, your juices of joy have been depleted. The only remains are dried and parched skins. You're tapped out. You are in desperate need of a jolt of joy. But you need joy to bridge you from your position of burnout back to your role as a joy giver. It isn't ironic that we can fall victim to the very thing we see as a deficiency in others. No one is immune to slipping into a joyless life. In fact, there will be seasons that joy will elude you. We need a new infusion of joy. The revival of joy is ongoing. You can only run so long, and then you must stop and refill your joy tanks. You can remember when work brought you joy, but now you are maintaining at the best. Marriage was a bliss in the past, full of joy, but now you just coexist. Your relationship with God once erupted with joy, but now it is stale and distant. A revival of joy refills you on all these fronts. Revival assumes that joy once existed. Joy reigned over many aspects of your life, but certainly the joy of your salvation was once preeminent. To revive something means you bring it back into existence, back to life. So the best place to start the revival of anything is with God. You see, God specializes in resurrecting and reviving. He can take what is dead or dormant and breathe life into it. The breath of God gives joy. God's breath is not stale or repugnant. On the contrary, his breath is fresh and rejuvenating. Like an asthmatic gasping for air, we struggle in need of God's oxygen. Life struggles wear us down to a pulp. We need the breath of God to revive our joy. But you may need to alter your proximity to the benefit to benefit from the breath of God. His breath is most effective up close and personal. Like an inhaler, You need God daily in your face to transmit his joy. The joy of the Lord is not captured from a distance. It is inhaled and ingested from a position of intimacy. Do not let your joylessness leave you incoherent. God wants to clear your heart and mind. Joy is on the way. Like the arrival of the Calvary in the heat of battle, God rescues you, revives you, and sets you back on a joy-filled journey. You are not defeated in Christ. The enemy is a loser. He is a joy killer. But his advances are temporary allow God to resuscitate your joy the world want work can't people fail and money is an illusion of joy so go to the creator the dispenser and the sustainer of joy lean on the one full of joy Jesus he will bring your joy back to life As he was brought, excuse me, back to life, full and robust, let him make your joy complete. His joy is your strength. Some things never change, and his joy is one of them. Start by simply thinking back when you exchanged self for the Savior. You opened the door to your life and Jesus entered with a housewarming gift. It was a, bas- a beautiful basket full of joy. Relive that experience and re-engage with him. His joy is not jaded. It is just right. Your joy will rub off on others. And the revival of rejoicing in God will extend from one person to another be joyful in jesus hebrews 12 fixing your eyes on jesus the pioneer the perfecter of faith for the joy set before him endured the cross scorned the shame sat down at the right hand of the throne of god Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hallelujah. An infusion of joy. The prophet Isaiah gives a divine invitation. Ho everyone that thirsts. Ho every one that thirst. Come to the waters and drink. Jesus said, There are wells that don't quench thirst. They don't have that satisfying, fulfilling, I'm gonna stay there. You have to move. Away from well to well. where well, the well of God has everything. Or excuse me, the wells of God have everything in it. As you drop the bucket called joy and bring it out. It is interesting that Jeremiah, speaking to God's people Israel, In Jeremiah 2, chapter 13, he said, For my people have committed two evils. The first evil that they committed was they had forsaken the fountain of living waters. In other words, they went to other fountains. But in that, they rejected him and then they went ahead it says and they hewn out water holders cisterns that hold no water in other words they replaced it but it had leaks in it leaks in it there is a well the wells of salvation jesus said The water that I shall give him will make it so you never want to turn to a different well. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad you found a well? Amen. In Jesus Christ, absolutely. The wells of salvation is a past, it's a present, and it's future. The word salvation means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, peace of mind, and prosperity. It says in Psalms 87 and seven that all the springs are in you. Yes, the beautiful thing about your life and my life in Christ is that there are wells along the way. Not just the beginning of your life and the end of your life, but they are located everywhere in the journey. Wells for your spirit, wells for your mind, wells for your soul and your body. Yes, these wells that can keep you from wrong thinking and wrong decisions. Wells of freedom from addiction. Wells of deliverance from depression. Wells that have financial supply. Wells of restoration for broken relationships. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And he goes and begins to not cover them all, but a few of the wells from which you can draw from amen Amen. hallelujah we discovered in just that writing that we read there which is so wonderfully done i believe number one you need to practice god's presence daily draw near to god and he will draw near to you amen man it's important to make him first priority first priority as you drink from those wells of salvation and when you drink from those wells of salvation every day you are guaranteed not to lose your way in the wilderness amen praise the lord Yes, it says in Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. The good news is you will never find yourself alone in the desert place. God will always be there. It says that, in that passage of scripture for your reference, is Isaiah 12. And in verse 6, I like what he says because of God's presence and who he is and the promises that he gave. He says, You need to cry out and shout, O oh, inhabitants of Zion, because great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. Oh, hallelujah. The response that our soul should have in relationship to the promises of the Lord. It says, sing to the Lord. Why? Because he's done great things. Amen. Sing to the Lord because he's done great things. Let's talk a moment about a bucket called Joy. For with joy shall you draw waters from the well of salvation. You can improve what you bring up from the well by your posture and your attitude in the bucket that you use. Amen? Yes, to draw waters. It says in Psalms 89 and, and 15, it says, those who have learned to worship in joy enter into God's presence and find happiness. James says the power of joy is so powerful. You know what I mean? That it can turn, you know, those challenging places of life into an oasis of the fruit of the Spirit. And that reminds me, is not joy a fruit of the Spirit? So we not only have an opportunity to draw from the wells of salvation, but there has been deposited in us that well. John 7 and 37. You know uh, he says, "In the last day of the feast, Jesus should have cried, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, And out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. I shall be in you. A well it is abiding with us, it is with us. Yes, we need to let joy reign. And so we ask the question, joy, joy, what is it? Well, it is a real emotion. It's evoked by satisfaction, appreciation, and pleasure. Yes, joy reigns when there is a physical expression. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Yes, an acronym for joy. Jesus, others, And you in that order. And when that happens, you know what I mean? And the reason I think that sometimes that this joy is diminished is because we have the Y before the J. Enough said. Joy is to be a real part of the believer's life. Yes. Joy is a spiritual principle that you can lay hold of and use. You see, because joy, you know, is a cause and not just a result. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me there is that perspective an insight that we are to have and as a result of that you know what I mean we don't need results we just need a cause and the cause for joy joy is so powerful that it brings a good influence to any situation a good influence to any situation Joy is so powerful in our inner world, you know, that it calls forth joy in our outer world. I don't know, do you practice joy? I practice joy. I do. I wake up better when I practice joy rather than, you know, oh, I'm so tired and oh this and oh that and you know oh my and oh this huh ah it's not a good fuel it doesn't joy is such an amazing fuel for our lives you know i mean joy goes ahead and just has a washing effect upon your mind it starts it gets it thinking in the right dimension you know it really does it really will help your relationship not just with Jesus Christ but with yourself, sure. you know, and then if it helps your relationship with yourself, then it 's going to help you with your wife, okay and then it 'll ripple down on the kids, you know, and I mean whatever world you touch, if joy, you know what I mean, becomes a a, a priority we 're going to feel it. I mean, you know, the Scripture says that happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And I'm not talking about, you know, just some giddiness, you know. But I'm talking about a joy that gives us strength. Absolutely. It's a fruit of your spiritual nature. Fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. Amen. The wonderful thing about joy is you don't have to wait for circumstances to bring joy. No. We can make joy, absolutely, and let it begin to act upon our circumstances. Praise the Lord. Yes. A joyful heart can draw waters from the wells of salvation, keeping our hearts happy, that wellspring of of joy. It is an emotional strength. It does affect your emotions. Absolutely. It's not, you know, stale or stagnant. Was Jesus said? and prayed that we would be full of joy. Full of joy. These things have I spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Oh, yes. Remember, joy is not captured from a distance. It is best acquired from a position of intimacy and closeness i like what the writer said as i read to you there you know what i mean it's like an inhaler i don't know if any of you've had asthma or come to any points of you know difficulty to breathe Uh, uh uh you know some of us have that i do not have that now but i used to have to deal with it and uh you know I have to take a puff of something. You know what I mean? And it was it was a prescription written by a doctor. Okay, I wasn't taking a puff of something. That, <laughs> you know, and when I would take it, you know what I mean? Those clogged membranes there that had swollen up and was was inhibiting the the precious oxygen that I needed for, just for a living, it would open up, and all of a sudden I could I could breathe. And I've heard people say, you know, uh, 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 that to the uh, very extreme, you know, it's just like somebody sitting on them sometimes and they just cannot absolutely get their oxygen. So it's a it's a horrible thing, you know. It's 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 a life-robbing thing, and that's what you know. Without joy, we, our life is getting robbed. You know what I mean? Of of an energy. Okay, you're not losing your salvation. You're not. You know what I mean? Uh, you know everything is good in heaven. It just needs to be better in in you and and I. And so it's captured best up close and not from a distance. And that's why he said, you know, draw near to God, and he will draw near you Nehemiah was so passionate and he had a mission okay and his mission of course was to 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 rebuild the walls but we find in the process of that that he was so concerned about restoring the hearts of the people before you know what I mean or along with rebuilding the walls Okay, it's a restoration of your heart. And so I believe that inner restoration, inter- inner, and Scott, we're having a tongue twister this morning. Uh, I'm not used to him doing that. I, I do it, you know. But our inner restoration, you know, he felt needed to supersede the exterior building. So many times we work on the exterior, you know what I mean? And we neglect the interior. But let me encourage you this morning that if you will work on the interior, in, you know what I mean? That joy, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. yes, So that inner restoration, inner restoration. I've been working on that for quite a while. Uh-huh. I don't consider to be myself consider myself to be sad. I don't consider myself to be gloomy, and you know, uh, I'm definitely not a murmurer. By the way, if you do a lot of murmuring, you're really shortchanging, and, you know, you've you got a hole that's draining out any joy that God would try to put in, you know? It's one of those things that, that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and he said, you know, he said, there's a lot of things going on. And would you know that he says that he includes murmuring in the category of idolatry? It must be pretty serious. Yeah. Idolatry, we know how bad idolatry is. But it has such a major effect, that's why. You know? It, it replaces something. It replaces God and getting God back into his position of who he is and, you know, what he's done and what he will do and how he's the strength of, of your, your life. Absolutely. We need to refill our joy tanks. Our joy tanks. How about we need to celebrate? Amen. Celebrate! Remember when Jesus was was talking about? You know, in there was, you know, it wasn't a bad thing that they were doing. He was just trying to align them when they said, you know, the rejoicing over what God was doing through their lives. And Jesus said, you know, well, let's line this up first, okay? First reason that you're happy is because your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life because you wouldn't be doing that if you weren't, you know what I mean, had this in the in the first place. And so because our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, he seems to indicate that we should just always go about rejoicing and celebrating the fact of our salvation. Should never let it get old hat. I don't know, that's an old phrase. I don't know if that makes any sense to, the, to this congregation here, you know. Ah. But it should be just like a new cap on you every day, every day. So refill your tanks and you need to celebrate. It says in, in Psalms 100 make a joyful to, noise to the Lord. Now, you might not be the best singer in the world, you know what I mean? Or not even a good musician, you know, and you can't keep a beat or whatever, but uh, there is such a thing as a joyful sound yeah a joyful sound I don't know what that would be to you you know what I mean but he said in Psalms 100 5 he says make a joyful shout to the Lord all you lands I don't really think that you know church services are supposed to be all that quiet I just don't I think they're It's all right for them to be just a little bit noisy. I mean, after all, you know, there's going to be a lot of noise this afternoon in Lambeau Field. (laughs) Serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. The Bible says we need to sing. Sing. But I don't think he's telling us... To sing the blues, <laughs> not the blues. Bible says that in Acts chapter 16, at midnight, Paul and Silas are praying, and they were singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening must have been something about their song you know what I mean that just attracted the prisoners because you know sometimes I hear people you know what I mean and I go oh shut up man you know what I mean it's (laughs) you're getting me down I want to get up you know what I mean give me something that'll that'll, that'll pick me up you know and I like country and western you know I do I I like that but you got to be careful because you lose everything Yeah. (laughs) If you approach life's difficulties with joy, I mean, there's a benefit package on the end of it, it says, that's yours. And you get it much quicker. I'm not saying you never get it, okay, but you'll get it much quicker. You can unwrap it much, uh, you know, easier. Filled with joy as you worship, rejoice in salvation. I believe that the story of the prodigal son, while it has many aspects and many uh, truths that come from it, I believe that it's also a, a good example of a worship service. They were making music and You know what I mean? And they were putting the best spread on. You know, when the trials come your way, those situations that we read from that man that wrote that article, you know, throw a party. Not a pity party, but a joy party. The Joy Party celebrate the goodness of God. The power of joy. The power of joy in the life of Jesus was so strong that it could not dampen, be dampened by the cross who for the joy set before him. He endured the cross and despised the shame and now is sat down at the right hand of the throne of, of God. It will position you. It will give you a better seat in the tomorrows if you will be joyful. In order to You know, increase this joy, we need to have faith. Faith in God's word. Jesus said, if you believe in me, as the scripture has said, out of your most inner being shall flow rivers of living water. There is an attachment to the word of God. You know what I mean? With regard to joy. There is a flow of the joy that's attached to the promises and the word of God. The things that Jesus has said, I will never leave you or I will never forsake you. Lord, I'm with you always unto the end of the world. Amen. Faith. Faith. So you believe what the Bible says about you, about life, your present and your future. I believe that we need to take the right approach to life difficulties. And we can do this. We can do this. It says in in, uh, the Old Testament, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I'm not asking you to rejoice the absence of cattle in the stalls, lack of fruit on the fig trees, but I 'm asking you to rejoice in the Lord. He says, "I will joy in the God of my." Salvation. Second Corinthians one and twenty says, All the promises of God in Him are yes. Are yes. If you learn to give and serve in joy. It says that God loves the cheerful giver. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Acts 20 and 25 is more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's, there's this bucket called joy. Amen. Holds much more water. It doesn't come. It won't come up empty when you serve the Lord with gladness. When you come before His presence with singing, you know when you understand the principle of Jesus, others, and your yourself. Absolutely. I know it's the opposite of culture and society. But Jesus said, if any man will lose his life for my sake, he shall find it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And just the opposite, the vice versa, you lose it. Oh, it's not notable and noticed immediately, but eventually it becomes a reality. I believe that the right attitude in giving widens the the smile of God. Remember the widow and her small offering? She gave her all, and Jesus said she's given more than all of us. So attitude has really a a major influence on the value of what you give. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, it increases the value as far as heaven is concerned. Don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupts, but lay up treasures in heaven. Amen. Where moth and rust can't corrupt. And you know, the beauty of it is everything you do for the Lord, you know, you know what I mean, it is not lost. It has not been lost they might take it away here on earth you might lose your position you know what i mean but you hasn't been taken out of the banks of of heaven to reclaim our joy you know cuz that joy is what balances out life absolutely it balances out life It produces help. A merry heart is good like a medicine. There are body benefits from being joyful. Yes. Rejoicing, it goes ahead and makes you look much better. All right. It says a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. David said this as he talked to himself and he witnessed it. He said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Have you ever noticed the face, the expressions of a countenance that's been cast down? that's in the grips you know, of having lost the joy of the Lord? You ever felt your weakness, your frailty to the point, you know what I mean, that you almost scream, scream out? Just a touch of joy will go ahead and infuse you with strength, for the joy of the Lord is your strength amen you always have access to the joy of the lord amen you hear what i'm saying this morning church you know what i mean you come to god Many times, and I'm not saying there's not a lot of ways to come to God. We come to God with humility, you know what I mean? We can come to God in desperation. We can do all of those things. But if every once in a while we'll just drop the bucket called joy into that well of salvation and draw it up, it's amazing what will be the result in your life, you know? in how those circumstances, you know what I mean, take on a different perspective and how those, those you know, that joy that you get inside will, will begin to affect that, amen. When you're down, rejoicing helps you overcome depression, sadness, it says in Isaiah 61, that he has come to console those who mourn in Zion. See, God is not, he's not, you know, accusing you for your situation. He's offering you help for your situation. To give them beauty for ashes. What is that? everything has been burnt out there is is absolutely nothing left and he wants to transform that to beauty the oil of joy for, for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness those are the fields that are part of life I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness the magnitude of it as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels for as the earth brings forth its bud as the garden causes the things that are sown it to spring so the lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations whatever that you know nation might be from my personal standpoint God says that there are right things that are going to overpower it and, and come forth. Closing with this, the things that hinder, things that will hinder us from drawing from the wells of joy. It'll hinder your bucket called joy. There one fear and worry. yes, when you have fear and worry, it's like putting a lid on the bucket, and you still set it down in there, okay, but it's not open. It can't, you know, very little can run inside. i not talking about taking a nonchalant approach, but it's looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, man burdens and worry burdens and worry are like putting rocks in that bucket take up a lot of the capacity but not only that it's very hard to draw it up you drop it in but you can't hardly get it back up so you can drink of it Bitterness. You might as well fill the bucket with vinegar. It just doesn't leave much room for God's blessing. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing as my musicians come. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Doubt and impatience. Doubt and impatience is you you drop the bucket in the well but you don't give it time to fill up. And you pull it up and all you've got is a little skiff of what could have been a full measure. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be entire, fully complete, lacking nothing. Yes, just a bucket called joy. Hurts and forgiveness. Hurts and forgiveness keep us from using the rope properly. And the reason for that is that the rope is all tied up in knots. Yes. Can't even reach the well. It needs to be untangled. Even justifiable hurts. You see, the wall we build around us to keep, out, sadness oftentimes keeps the joy out. Tear down the walls. Amen. You can let Jesus in by letting others in. Then, of course, lack of thirst. The lack of thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be, be filled. A prerequisite is the very, very element of thirst. I'm going to let it down because I'm thirsty. Amen. I'm not, I'm not content. You know what I mean? With yesterday's drink. I need and I'm hungry. And he says he will quench our he'll quench our thirst. Amen. You see when you choose joy, you are resetting your emotional compass. When you choose joy, you're resetting your emotional compass. And when you do that, you will change the way you look at things, and then the things you look at will change. Let me say that again. When you set your emotional compass, it will change the way you look at things, and also it will change the things that you look at. Amen? Yes. The beautiful and wonderful thing about joy is it can be dry on the outside, but there's water on the inside. As you stand with me this morning, Psalms 23 says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over a right attitude. Now, I know an attitude is more than joy, but this is the one thing that I feel that, you know what I mean, pathway that we need to go. We need to get out our buckets of joy and start dropping them in the wells of salvation because it's not a well of salvation. It is wells of salvation. You dropped it in for your salvation. That's been settled, signed, sealed, and delivered. But now you're on a journey and you encounter things the highs and lows, the ins and outs, those things, you know what I mean? Expected and unexpected. And you need some well. Wells of salvation that was purchased by Jesus Christ for us. In the world, you will have tribulation. But in me, you will have Peace. Hallelujah. It will make a difference in you. It will make a difference in your circumstances. Oh, yes. You choose to be joyful. And that includes finding an expression that is conducive to joy, whether it is rejoicing singing gladness you know some people even get so happy they start dancing you know i mean that's what happened at the prodigal son's house didn't they They started to just celebrate and 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 dance so anyway amen church praise god because we can't i can't go there by myself We wanted to go there together. Amen. If you want to start something, start it with joy. Because it says in Job, it says when God started creation, he brought the choirs out. Yes. And he had them sing. He had them rejoice. He had them celebrate. Amen? And God started this whole thing. But he started with a backup of joy and rejoicing. Go with God. Amen? And practice being joyful and rejoicing. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.